Hi. Hello. And welcome. We're your hosts. I'm Alex. And I'm Kat. You found the two PFFs you didn't know you needed, but you're glad you have. Congratulations. You have found your people. Enjoy the ride as we navigate what it's like to live live out loud. Hi. Hey. How's it going? (laughs) It's going good. How's your summer been? Oh, it has been good. It's so hot, but it's good. Heck yeah. Yeah. Um, how's yours? It's been good. It's been chill. I just go with the flow because, you know, not in school, don't have kids, so we're just riding the tide. You enjoy that life, man. We are enjoying it. Um, I am enjoying our Fridays with Friends segment. Yeah. I love fun. our regular segment, but Fridays with Friends is extra special because I enjoy interviewing our, our favorite friends. Yeah. Bringing them in on our little world. Yes. So... The Enneagram, as you all know if you've been tuning in, uh, is nine different types. Mm -hmm. And tonight we are going over the type five, which is known as the investigator. And we've talked about on here several times about how we like type fives. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like his ego might be just a little inflated. A little inflated. So, Caleb, welcome. Thank you, thank you. We're excited that you're here. You're not just here because you're the only five we know. That's exactly why. <laughs> I was the only one y'all could drag out of a cave somewhere. You're the only, I think, only male five I know, actually. Really? Yeah. yeah. Most Same. of the, well, most of the Enneagrams I know are female just because of the nature of the Enneagram, I yeah. think. But I'm excited. It's going to be too. fun. Me too. So we'll just dive right in here. What makes you feel too much or not enough as a type five? Well, I'll start with uh, what makes me feel too much is, like, nerding out about things that I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm. Like, as a Type 5, like, we, if we're passionate about a topic, whatever it might be, we've got this wealth of knowledge. And when that topic happens to come up in conversation, I try really hard to not take it over. Whether that's talking about something that goes along with the Bible or talking about hunting or the outdoors or on hikes or travel or whatever, like, I really try not to take over that conversation because I I have so much information because it's something I'm passionate about so I want to know everything about what I'm passionate about and so I feel a lot I feel like I'm too much for some people because like there are times that I have to kind of rein myself back in because I know that I'm like giving this person information overload like if you ask about a trip out to Wyoming or Montana, I'm going to give you enough to fill three weeks of a vacation when you really only asked about, you know, hey, how is this national park? But then I might spill over (laughs) for three weeks worth of information that, Mm -hmm. you know, you're never going to use and might overwhelm you with it. But that's something that I'm trying to kind of keep in check because I know that that can be overwhelming for everybody else out there. Mm -hmm. But because we are, because I, you know, am passionate about things, you know, I've got all this information. It's nice to use it, but at the same time, I'd like to not overwhelm people with it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, for not enough, when I don't know something, oh, my gosh, do I feel useless. I might as well be a brick in the wall. That brick holding that wall up is so much more important to me than right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, that that's hard. That was really hard in my 20s, like mm-hmm. feeling like I was never enough for people because I didn't know... You know, I was never a party or in college, so I didn't know that scene. And so, like, mm-hmm. I just kind of sat there and, like, listened to it all. And, like, I just I had nothing. So, like, I separated from some friends because they had these experiences that I just wasn't into. 
And that was hard because it took me a long time to kind of figure out where my place was. Mm -hmm. And finally, when I kind of found my own niche in the hunting outdoor community, you know, and I'd said, you know, this is what I enjoy and I'm not trying to appease to everybody else. Then I kind of, then that passion started directing who I am now. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of it too, it goes, um, I had a switch when I was in my twenties, you know, not knowing something Instead of it, I try really hard to think of it not as a way of me not knowing things and that's bad and I'm useless, but this is an opportunity to learn. Right. So there's a lot of times, like, if we're in a conversation with our group or I'm out with friends and I don't have anything to add, I'm listening very intently so I can learn and absorb as much information as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. What When discovering the Enneagram, can you kind of give us a little bit of a backstory on how you came to know the Enneagram and how that's helped you as a five looking Mm -hmm. back. I I think it actually happened around the same time that my wife, Brooke, had a friend ask her about it. And we just sat down. I mean, we don't have kids at this point. So we just sat down and we just did the the test on our phones and figured out it was a five. And I was like, what in the world is this? Like, this... (laughs) This seems like the worst one. Like, it doesn't fit along with anything else. It feels so useless. Mm. Like, everything else has, like, it seems to be a purpose. And I just seem to be like, oh, you're a database. Like, congratulations. You just hold information. <laughs> and so it, it kind of felt, like, kind of bad. Not bad. But, like, it just kind of was like, eh. There's like a dud. Yeah, like, well, it's kind of like when you got a bad firework. It's just like, <laughs> it's like, whoop, whoop. oh, that one's kind of, that's terrible. But... You know, and so I kind of put it up and I didn't think a whole lot about it. And then we were talking one night after small group about Enneagram and just going through it. And I was like, you know, that that's really not all that bad as much as I thought about it at the time. No, there's not like, you know, because I always wanted to be kind of that outgoing, always working. And that's just, that's just not who I am. Like, right. it takes a lot of energy for me to kind of get out of my shell, to come out and to mm-hmm. say things. Um but, you know, with Enneagram and, you know, talking with y'all and through our small group and all that, it's just really kind of eye-opening. It's really helped trying to – it didn't shape, you know, through my 20s till now, but it just kind of like – it was like a shine a light on it. And I was like, oh, okay, that's what I stumbled all the way through. Right. And if I had known it earlier, I might it might have been a little bit easier of a path. Yeah, you might have could have just stepped yeah. back and looked and, you know, like you just said earlier, like listened, right. absorbed, and took in versus – thinking, oh, like, I can't contribute, so I might as well just not be here. Right, absolutely. Um, as a type 5, what makes you feel the most understood, misunderstood? I keep saying understood. Misunderstood about your type. Um, when I was looking at these questions, probably the first thing that I kind of really hit on was give us time to process what you're asking of us. Um, you know, a lot of times it, it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the question was. And it doesn't matter how innocent the question is. It could be the, uh, kind of the question that I thought of while I was writing this was like, well, pass me the knife. Well, there's a lot of things that go into that one sentence mm. that fives pick up on, or at least I pick up on a lot. And it was, and I'm thinking about what did you ask me? How did you ask me by, by your tone and body language? Mm. And why did you ask me? Like, I've got to rationalize all three of those things before I can give you an answer. Because if you looked at me and said, pass me the knife, I'm like, okay, 
calm tone. We're sitting down at dinner. She needs something, you know, my wife needs something to cut her steak with. Whatever. Cool. Pass her knife. Or if you look at me angrily and say, pass me the knife. Now I've got I've got so many different things. Like right. I've got to go through all three of these checks to say, do I answer you? Or like, am I gonna tell you what is going on? So you've got to give us time to process what is what you're asking, how you're asking, and why you're asking it before we can actually give you an answer. Because we want to give you the best answer. We're not ignoring you. Right. But at the same time, I'm not going to fill dead space with but ums, um, you know, like uh, it might be in the. Right. I'm not going to. I'm going to give you an answer. Just give me a second. To think about what you're asking. Don't expect it. Literally microseconds after it got out of your mouth. Um, the next thing is, um, you know, it takes time for us to like make a decision on things. Like when we're looking at things to buy, houses, cars, mm-hmm. even simple things like tennis shoes like my goodness looking for a new pair of <laughs> trail runners like i bet i weighed in on trail runners for three weeks like amazon's compare button compare this product button is like the biggest double-edged sword for me oh, ever it's the worst. because like yeah i want to compare these things and it's made it really easy but you can compare them but to i can compare death. it too easily so i don't i don't ever have time like i have so much time to make a decision because mm-hmm. it's just click 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 and i can look at them and i'll look at something in my Amazon cart for three weeks before I decide on whether or not I'm going to buy it or not. Um, other thing is, for me, I don't know if this happens for other files, but for me, you know, I just don't feel like my brain has enough storage to hold in everything that I want it to hold. There are a lot of times, like, I want to know what everybody's talking about. I want to know everything about this world and why right. and how it works. But, you know, I just, like, there are times that, like, I, I get so frustrated with my own brain because I'm like, I know I've heard this somewhere. I cannot find this. It's like I need like a like a separate like flash drive to pull out and like oh I'm going with this group of friends mm-hmm. plug this flash drive in and go I'm gonna just leave the rest of that over there. But it, it's really hard and uh, you know I just feel like there's sometimes I need like an external hard drive just to hold all the information <laughs> yes. and just like plug it into my head. Um, and kind of the last thing that I find interesting and that I enjoy about being a five is like we notice things like oddly specific things mm-hmm. um, like. You know, love my wife, but she's very forgetful. Um, leaves her phone all over the doggone house. She'll come by. And she's like, "Hey, where's my phone? We're going out. Like, where's my phone at? Oh, well, you left it on like the um, you left it on the bed in the guest room. You were dropped it there because you were looking for this in the closet thirty minutes ago." And she's looking at me like, "Why do you? Re- why? You're... What purpose does that for you to remember that?" You might be the only male on this planet, unless there are five. Right. <laughs> that retain that. Because that's how yeah. I feel with my husband. Yes. <laughs> well, I kind of have a little follow-up question that's on the list. And take your time with okay. it. Okay. But I I wonder, so when you're comparing all these things, right, in your mm-hmm. Amazon cart. And it takes you time. Like, you, you want to investigate them a lot. You want to figure out the right one to do. Right. What's the fear? Mm. Um... That it'll be a waste of money, resources, time, energy, etc. Um, for example, like there are a lot of like going back to the ten, the tennis shoe thing. I was looking at some, I was looking at some on clouds, and I was deciding between this color that I really liked, which was like a olive drab green that I really liked, or like a black and white shoe. And what they were about the same price. I think the olive drab green was a little bit cheaper, you know. They were the same model. There was it was all the same. It was literally I was deciding on color, and I sat there for three weeks trying to figure out what color. 
And as a five, I ran through every possibility. Like, what am I going to wear this with? When am I going to wear this? Mm. Is this olive drive green going to look good with that pair of gym shorts they have? That, I don't know, they could rip next week before they even get in. Like, right. But does it look good? I don't know. It won't look really good with that. So I'm just going to go with the black. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's a lot of different things like that. And the other fear is, is like, all right, if I jump too soon, especially like buying a car or buying a house, like it's not so much, especially in the market that we're in now, like it's not so much, oh, I can, I have time to think and weigh these mm-hmm. things out. Like this house has this. But this house has more square footage, but that house has a newer roof. I don't, you, you don't have time. Right. And so it leaves me, it leaves me more paralyzed than it does anything else. Cause I can't compare. Mm-hmm. I can't compare. You're like, here's your offer. You know what a house is. You know, people live there, whatever, buy the house if you want it. Right. And they, it's just so fast paced. There's no time to compare. Mm-hmm. And so the fear of making the wrong choice, we, I would rather sit and be comfortable with where I am now. Cause I know where I am is good. Right. I didn't make my last set of choices were good up to here. I'm not going to make a choice that could possibly be bad mm-hmm. because I didn't get enough time to compare it or think mm-hmm. about it or go on with it. Right. So I'm really glad that you explained that to us. Thank you. Because that one of the biggest things for a type five is the fear of depletion of resources. Mm-hmm. And so we often think about that from a perspective of your energy level. So, you know, like, uh, Type fives tend to be more introverted, and people yeah. people don't understand that as much as that extrovert and introvert doesn't mean that oh one's bubbly and loud and one's not. That can be true, but it mostly means do you gather energy from being with people or from being by yourself? And right. typically, type fives are seen as gathering energy when they're by themselves that they withdraw. Right. Um, and so we see the depletion of resources being in. I'm scared to commit to this because if I do in this social situation, well, I have enough time to recover before I have to go back to work on Monday or before I have to do this or that. So it's interesting that to see it explained of coming out of, okay, if these two things are in my Amazon cart, well, what if I make the wrong choice? Well, kind of if we dial that down, I think it really does come back to, well, if I make the wrong choice and the money I was going to spend on these shoes, I spent on those shoes and I can't go back and buy these other shoes. Right. Especially when it's on a bigger scale, like a house. If I make the wrong decision and spend all resources on this big purchase, I don't have these resources anymore. If we make the wrong decision, then right. does it that kind of line up? Something. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and even going to introverted, extroverted stuff, you know, I mean, I really am an introvert. Like, it's not that I don't love people. I love going to, you know, game nights, going out to eat with friends or, you know, going and doing things. But, oh, gone, it is so draining just to be around it. And it's nothing to do with them personally. Mm-hmm. It just takes energy out of me to be around people. Mm-hmm. Um, and my wife, she loves to take baths. And so she, I think for a lot of times she thinks that's a relaxing break for her. And I'm sure it is. But, you know, it's also nice to not sit here and have to fight over what I want to watch on TV. I don't have to think a whole lot mm-hmm. about it. I can kind of relax sit on the couch read a book, hang out with the dogs, whatever. But that's also, it's kind of, it works both ways. Like she gets her a long time. She gets to decompress, but I also get my long time and we can come back together right before we go to bed and we can enjoy a conversation. We can continue on having, you know, a great relationship because we've spent, you know, even in the day while we've worked, but that's taken both, that's taken energy out of me and then come home to be with her still taking energy out of me. And so for her to take those two hours to take a bath or however long, 
you know, he comes mm-hmm. back and I get to have those those two hours mm-hmm. that twelfth of a day recharge where I batteries. can kind of recharge yeah. before mm-hmm. we go to sleep and I can still enjoy her mm-hmm. after the fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. Me time That's is good. very important. Yes it is. Across all types. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, it just looks along different. Along that same vein of just like giving yourself a chance and loving yourself for a little bit and recharging as an introvert, what makes you feel the most loved and seen as a five? I think the most times that I feel loved and seen, it comes from being able to have those times where I can kind of express Mm. my passions and it not be shut down. Um, You know, with being a five, like, I love watching Georgia football. And it's not just a, I want to watch a football game. It's like, I'm, it's, I'm taking in every little aspect of the game. And so I know, like, watching a game with me can be a lot. But being there and doing that with me, that shows and makes me feel loved right um you know watching tv that we enjoy together um you know and i don't even know if my wife remembers this but like two or three years ago i was playing a video game and it was my birthday was coming up and i was playing a video game and the sequel to the video game was coming out um and she asked me for my college roommate who was looking to get me this second game for my birthday, she asked me, what did I like about that game so much that I would want it? And I got to go into all the, like, the little details mm-hmm. and like, you know, just nerd out for just a second, but like the the game, like they take real world like features, land features, and they like have incorporated this to the game. And it's like, you know, especially because we travel, like I've seen these places in real life. Yeah. And now they're demonstrated mm-hmm. in this video game. And then you can go explore as his character. And, like, I really enjoyed having – and, like, that was, like, a 30-second conversation that I don't even know that she remembers that she even said that or even asked that. But, it, I mean, even that conversation meant the world because, like, for 30 seconds I could be a nerd and I didn't have to have fear of, well, I'm going to be too much for people um, or, you know, I – that it was going to be off-putting that I knew too much about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, me too. Makes sense. Uh, fives are my favorite because um, I don't think I've mentioned it on this podcast, but this I did the Enneagram as my capstone. That's kind of where my knowledge comes from. The Enneagram, I spent a year diving really deep into it and finding people of those types. And to this day, the five was my favorite to photograph. So I created the um, kind of the shadow side of the five or, or the type and then the positive side of the, the healthy, the healthy and mm-hmm. unhealthy. Um, and for the five, it was a crazy lapse. It looked like she was moving in hyperspeed in a, the stacks in the library, just mm-hmm. grabbing every book. And that was the unhealthy side because needed that deep knowledge. Yeah. And then the healthy side was literally sitting in front of the stars just taking it all in and I think like just going back to what you said in the beginning where fives feel kind of like the dead firework of all of the Enneagrams it's the one that taught me the most as a two to just be and take it in in that like eclectic desire to know all of the details but to absorb it and just be there i love it yeah i don't know if that relates to you at all it it does there i can definitely tell like when we go on vacation we go hike like there are times like you know when we got we for our honeymoon we went to yosemite and we got passes to do half dome and it was like it was probably it was the longest hike we had done today i think it was like 
14, 16 miles round trip. You get to the top of this thing and then you've got to hold on to cables and you're like locked in and you've got to climb up these cables. It's like 400 yards worth of cables that you've got to hold on. And like the week before, like two or three people had fallen off and died. Like it was a whole thing. And so well, like... do us part. Okay. Uh, yeah. And so once we <laughs> no got kidding. up there and like because we, that was, that was the pinnacle of our trip, like I... I just kind of sat there and just took it all in and enjoyed it. And, like, to be at a place that I I had kind of envisioned to be at so long, for so long, mm-hmm. you know, being at one of those pinnacles where you see a lot of films being filmed at with, uh, you know, Free Solos filmed literally a rock throw away from Half Dome on El Capitan, you know, to see all these places that I've dreamed about going over the mm-hmm. past several years has been great. But then I can also see, like, times when I'm kind of manic because we've got, we're so pressed for time, and I am kind of like that. Yeah. Like, I want to take it all in, but there's just not enough time to get it right. in. And, like, I, I'm terrible about, like, I want to read that book and that book and that book and that book. Or I want to go do that hike and that hike and that hike and that hike. And I don't enjoy hike, the first hike, because we're trying to get through B, C, and D. Right. So I, I don't want to sit there and stop at every little vista and take a picture. I want to get to the top of this hike because right. we're right, because we got to go. Like, right. I want to get so, to that other thing I was researching right, that's more important. This was, right. this was the seed hike. I want right. to get to, you know, And plus a. you've researched it enough to know exactly how long it's going to take you to get from here to there to do this, right. to do that, and to do that. And so you're wasting time taking pictures on every little outcropping. Like, come <laughs> on. It's the same view in the next hundred yards. Like, let's just go back it up there and let's be done with this. Yeah. But. Uh, so the fun question we like to ask all of our friends is there's a plate on the floor. Why are you picking it up? That's not the question you ask. The question is, why is it on the floor? It didn't jump out of that cabin and put itself on the floor. <laughs> Did it? No, it was put there for a purpose. Now, it could have been... It could have been... Oh, that, in the Beauty and the Beast castle? I mean, it could be. That would be my wife's dream. But, by the way. You know, it could be just as simple. And that's what I struggle with a lot. Is like, you know thinking about the why you start to kind of delve deep into things mm-hmm. but honestly a lot of times it's just a simple answer why is it play on the floor well because you know if we're at your house it's queen not play on the floor like pick it up <laughs> or you know if it's at our house i mean there could be a genuine reason why it's on the floor maybe brooke has found another stray cat that she's trying to feed and she's trying to take in and she doesn't want the scent of the other cat to be on the cat bowl for our other for our real cat to be mad about smelling another cat like so there is a reason that that plate is sitting on the front porch because now there's a stray cat we're feeding and it's fixing it you know we're taking it in so it's the question is not why are you picking it up the question is why is it there then once you determine why is it there then you can do something with well it. then you know where you're going with this is you know whether or not to pick it up. Yeah, exactly. If the cat, if we're out there feeding a stray cat and it's still got cat food on it, and I see the cat eye in the bushes because it's still timid, I'm not picking up the book, the plate just because it belonged in the cat. We have to find if our church and productions tell us that this plate needs to get picked up. Exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love that. I love that so I much. I love it. So, you know, I love, I love everything about this episode. And I we could nerd out on it for hours. But I really think we could. We really could. Um... But I love that you made this vulnerable for type fives because, mm-hmm. you know, it's very, there's things about each type that people are self-conscious about or they don't really love about that type. But for you to be like really honest with us to be like, listen, we kind of feel like the dud of the Enneagram. That's heavy, you know? It really is. <clears throat> and that's not how other types view the five. 
But to see that that's how the five views the five Mm -hmm. is really neat. So I just want to tell our five listeners that you're definitely not the dud of the Enneagram. We see you in such better, broader light than that. Um, But no matter how you feel about your type, you are not too much. Not too much. You're not too little. Not too little. You are just enough. Just enough.